0: Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Eunicia Brett, who is the founder and CEO of Empowered Financial Planner. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Gary. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
0: Great. So tell us some about yourself. What made you get into you know the financial arena?
1: Well, it's a great question. Uh, one of the, there are multiple things that, that drove me to um, come, I would say, into the personal and small business area, area of, of the financial arena. Uh, in my entire uh, career, I have always really been associated with the finance uh, function or finance Companies in some form, form or fashion. So either the industry, or the end, or the um, the operations. From that standpoint, and it was a few years back that uh, my husband and I sat down and, and really started looking at what was happening with our financial situation with our, well our financial health. And what we discovered was more of what we had already known. Throughout my career in corporate America, I was uh, I was in strategy consulting. I was working long long hours and and had access to all sorts of um, experts. I had worked with a lot of financial experts and or financial advisors, uh, to, better to say. And what I found was happening was every single one of them was always sending me back with some homework. Well, why don't you go do this? Because I was working for um, for public audit companies, um, right. some of the biggest in the world, really the biggest in the world, the best in the world, too, I was, I had specific limitations on, in some cases, what I could and could not invest in. And so when they found out that I had those limitations, not because of me, but because of the regulatory environment, I would always found myself find myself with the homework of go and look back in the database. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've tried to look in this database, and it was I would just want to scratch my eyes, scratch at my eyes and want to run away because it was hard to decipher. How do you decipher? Can I really truly invest in a mutual fund, even though it says yes or maybe it says no? What if something changes and then you have to constantly be on top of it? So anyway, long story short, because of that, we did, we did okay for ourselves, but we never really focused on our future. And when we sat down and we looked at what was happening, we realized that a lot of the guidance that we were receiving was a lot of the same guidance that other people are receiving as well. Uh, my husband at that time was was um, kind of playing on the tax side, um, at least a little bit, and he was very heavily inv- involved in real estate. And I looked at him when we had this big aha moment, and I said, "Listen, your 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 individual clients need the same process that we just went through. They need it." Um, and at that point in time, the the mentor that uh, was was kind of guiding us through all of this, I was very in awe with the approach that he was taking because it was not your typical cookie cutter. Hey, let's, let's figure out where we need to invest your money, right? And uh, my husband looked at me and he said, well, I would love to, but I just don't have the bandwidth. And at that point in time, this is the other part of what drove me here, I had to make some big decision as to what was I going to want to do when I grow up Did I want to go up for partner and have that lifestyle or did I want to take matters into my own hands and because of all of the wealth of expertise that I had built, build my own business and leave something as a legacy to my children and frankly, have the freedom that I, I was desiring. I was tired of flying all over the country and all over the world just because that's where my clients were and it had to be done, right? And so my husband said, well, why, why don't you take some time and you build this thing and then I'll take over. Once it's built, I take over and you you go do whatever it is that you want to do. So I said, okay, that, that sounds fun. Operating model was always in, in my wheelhouse, loved taking companies apart and putting them back together. And so what happened was, I started geeking out on this business and I fell in love with it. I fell in love, but not necessarily with the concepts. I fell in love with seeing the big big aha moments in my client's eyes and, and the tears in the eyes of so many that realized that they had missed the ball, but now they actually had a chance to make it better because without a proper strategy, just having tactics in place is not good enough. And so that's a little bit about my story. It's pretty complex. Uh, and very unorthodox but uh, that's kind of how I came to be and, and playing this world as as more of a financial expert to individuals and in small companies now
0: right so you know now that you that you've gotten into this side and and you're helping people um you know kind of uh, you know guide through the the murky waters of of you know investments and financing and things like that, what are what, were, what are some of the mistakes that you were seeing people make that you needed to help them correct?
1: Oh gosh, there's so so, so many. but one of the ones, and we talked about this just before before uh, going live, is the whole notion that people do not have do not have most people do not have a financial team on their side. And if they do, their financial team is is kind of a pseudo financial team it makes them feel good that i have all of these people in place but nobody's talking to each other and because of that one of the big issues that translates into money lost is taxes right as you know it so well um whether it because we're dealing with with high net worth high high income earners as well as high net worth individuals one of the things that happens with business owners but also with w2 in, individuals is that they leave too much money to taxes not and i'm not a proponent of not paying taxes farthest from it but i also having been there and not having had that guidance at the level that i needed it for my income level um i ended up leaving a ton of money and paying a ton of money in taxes whereas a lot of much 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 wealthier individuals than i than myself were paying so much less even just percentage wise right and so when i realized that. That's not something typical. That's typical in financial, true financial advisory. We've got to do something more. Those clients need something better. And so right, wrong, or indifferent, whether I wanted it or not, because at this point, I was clearly no longer practicing strategy consulting. It brought me right back to my strategy consulting days. And the reason it did that is because it requires to be able to help and identify, identify those issues and those blind spots, as I call them, for our clients it requires the ability to think multifaceted. It requires the ability to um, to see all of those gaps, to see all of those blind blind spots, and then, furthermore, it requires the desire and the agility and the ability to be able to bring someone's financial team together. And that is, as one of my clients very kindly pointed it out, he said, "Inicia, what you do seems a lot like herding cats." Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to hurt cats? Well, right. it happens that some of us are really good at hurting cats, and so um, that's that's one of the ways in which we're able to stop those leakages. And I kind of diverted from your question, but yes, taxes are one of the big areas.
0: I think you know. I think what you're what you're the point that you're bringing up there too, though. Is, that's important. Is you know you're helping advise somebody. You're you're trying to get the whole picture and helping them put the pieces to the puzzle together because so many people think that okay you're 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 picking my stocks for me and and helping me make money blah 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 but if you don't understand the full picture and what their debt load is and everything else that they have you can't help them put together a good strategy of investing in, in just their their financial health And I think that that's something very important that people have to understand.
1: Yes, very important. And you you mentioned something that's very critical, right? Debt. Debt. So many people, we've got the clients that do have the debt that is strategic. They know that it's there. It's for good reason. We have the clients that have the debt that are afraid of it. And so the whole idea is then how do we convert it? It's still there. It needs to go away. Sure. But how much of it is good debt, bad debt? Well, how do we focus on it? And I'm not a debt expert, but, but really understanding how do we structure that? And how do we think about what is good? What is bad is one of the biggest things that individuals don't go through. And then there are also the individuals that have accumulated a lot of money in their lifetime and have zero debt. They have zero, they, they, their houses are not even mortgaged any longer, but they're wondering why they aren't getting the tax advantages. And so, and so the conversation is 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 multifaceted because of those different permutations and the different things that can come up even with around something as as simple or as complex as that can be
0: yeah i think that it's i again it's like you know i guess it's going to be the holistic approach to to doing this and i think that it's it's really important um you know that the people get these trusted advisors, and they do. They they need to bear their soul to us um, for us truly to be able to help them, um, and don't you know compartment compartmentalize uh, everything. Um, you know because it's important that 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 you know your financial team kind of understands everything um and we're all able to work together um because you know there may be things that i see that that you may not see um you know that's coming down the road and i think that that's important for for everybody to to be forward-looking and not just okay today what's going on today um and i think lots of times our our jobs are to to talk people off the cliff it's like okay you know the market had a slight tweak this morning and everybody's blowing up your phone and it's just like hang on hang on we put (laughs) together a plan for a reason
1: (laughs) i think gary if we were to look at that a big part in the i'm sure that if we were to look at who those people are is the individuals that frankly don't have a plan and when i when we say plan i oftentimes my clients will say but i I think i have a plan i want to retire at such and such age well that's wonderful but Let's think about what is important to you. What are some of the things that are important to you? Because even when it comes to the types of things or the types of vehicles that their money's sitting in or the types of investments, it can be, frankly, it can be non-traditional investments. It can be things such as real estate, right? If people don't align, if if where their money is is not aligned to how they relate to life and what makes them happy and what makes them peaceful and what gives them joy, what's going to end up happening is they're going to be miserable and they're going to be miserable for a good reason. So they, alongside this plan, the plan needs to be there, but it needs to be aligned to how they feel comfortable. Because if, if those two, what I found is that if those two are in alignment, you're not going to get calls. We're not going to, nobody's going to get calls because the client will know, Hey, market goes up and down. I've made the choice to be in that environment. Or maybe I can like myself, I am very risk adverse. I, I I feel like gambling with my money. When I see it going up and down, I prefer to just not look at it. Just just not look at it and maybe ignorance is bliss, right. right? But that's me personally. And I had to come to grasp and understand where it is that I like to play and I don't. And other individuals, once they realize that as well, of course, with good help and good, good guidance and good strategy, then they end up being able to actually enjoy life and not especially with all of the craziness that people have been going through and everybody has been going through the last couple of years, how nice would it have been to know that at least the financial component wasn't a big stressor?
0: Right. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, we've definitely had, you know, in the past two years have had some up and down, but for the most part, we've had way more ups than we've had downs. What is, you know, kind of going into, you know, we're into 2022 now um, kind of, what strategies are or are you going to change or or are you going to change um with what you're doing with with your clients i mean i know from from my perspective in in 2020 and 2021 i mean we were kind of using zoom before that but now you know we're using it a lot more um and it seems like clients are are doing a lot more of that as you know instead of the 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 face-to-face do you see any other strategies like that 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 you're going to be implementing or changing in your business uh, for 2022?
1: I th- I love I love the fact that you brought up Zoom as an example. Um, I think if we were to look from even just a, a operational standpoint, a lot you're right. A lot more clients are preferring Zoom, and kind of like you, um, I, I did Zoom. I, I'll never forget. Um, one of my clients, I will not name, name, name names here, but everybody, I guarantee if I named it, would know who they are. Uh, they were trying to launch operations in China and uh, our charter for that particular project was to facilitate and oversee the launch of their operations in China. Well, their, um, their executives were all throughout the world. They were headquartered in, um, in um, uh, California and their uh, executives were all throughout the world not one single time, most of the clients would require us and would want for us to go and meet with the individuals in person. They were so, I would say 2020 at that point in time, this was six, seven, eight years ago, that um, they were, everything was done via Zoom. And at that point in time, people were like, Zoom. They had sure. you know, video com- teleconferences and every single small little conference room was equipped with video equipment because it made and it facilitated for the conversations to be so much easier. So I don't think it's going to go away. Uh, what I've seen is even clients that historically always prefer to meet in person, never over the phone. Of course, we'd have the occasional phone call, but they would always want to be in person. Uh, the last client that, that kind of gave that up he called me i'll never forget it was 15 minutes before the, the meeting and he said i'm stuck in traffic do you mind if i pull over and we do this via zoom and next time can we just do it via zoom because it'll save me an hour for that day going back and forth right and i thought of course so i think that's here to stay i the other thing that from more of a of a um, um financial standpoint we have to continue to hunker down is to figure out making sure that clients understand not just the today, but what's going to happen in the future. What is their belief? What are their beliefs about taxes, for example? Because all too often, what I found is that individuals don't think about, hey, taxes may be higher in the future because we can no longer keep hiding behind. Well, I'm, I'm going to be making less when I reach retirement, so I'm going to be okay. Because that is so, it's one of those big black boxes that people don't really think about. When you're looking at the numbers and you let the numbers speak, they speak a different story. And so um, it's, it's going to be really focused on, on helping the clients understand however it is delivered that um, they need to, they need to be okay and they need to come to consensus with what is it that they expect, what is it that they're anticipating. And then making sure that that gets worked backwards and whatever that strategy looks like, um, because otherwise they're going to miss the ball.
0: Yeah. I think it's important that, that people understand that, that it's every single client is different, you know, and it's just cause you know, your, your next door neighbor is doing X, Y, and Z doesn't mean that that's the right thing for you. Um, you know, it, it, it's, everybody needs to employ a different, a different strategy. And I think that that's, that's important. I think the other thing, you know, going back to, to the zoom and things, um, you know, obviously you, you and I don't live in the same city. So I think that, you know, being able to work together and have your, your, your financial team doesn't need to necessarily be in the same city because of Zoom, and that helps you facilitate, because there's been so many times, at least in the past, that people are like, oh, if you were, lift, you know, if you were, if your office was closer, I would be able to work with you. Well, now, I think that a lot of people, th- this has gotten that out of the way, and Absolutely. people are really able to look a little bit more forward, and I think that that's one of the things that people really need to start thinking about, is look forward instead of just right now.
1: I totally agree. And, and the other thing that I would say, Gary, that y- you trigger something in my mind when you said that is, is people need to also hopefully understand that it's okay to feel a little bit out of your element. Um, as one of my clients said in a, in a testimonial, she said, I can find a financial person at just about every corner. But I can guarantee you that most financial individuals aren't going to do what Unisia does, aren't going to care the way that Unisia and her team does. And so my guidance to clients is when you're evaluating, whether it be your CPA, your financial person, your attorney, or whomever it is that they are, right, you need to make sure that you look for the best, even if they're not, to your point, Gary, even if they're not in your backyard, it's probably better. If they're farther away and they're really good than if you're in your backyard and they're kind of okay or maybe mediocre and you're sometimes you're not going to know that but that's that's one of the things that we employ ourselves just like you said earlier um we employ ourselves with our strategic partners our i as a matter of fact only one of our strategic partners is actually here in atlanta just about everybody else spends from anywhere in florida all the way to the west coast and everywhere else in between and the reason for that is not because we went looking for diversity across the across the board but it was because we looked for the best and we wanted to make sure that our clients are best positioned when it comes to what they're trying to achieve for their overall financial bottom line
0: right right yeah no i i agree i think that that's important um, what do you see being some of the the biggest challenges that uh, you know that you're facing right now with your clients?
1: I'm not sure that there are necessarily challenges. I think we've done a really good job of identifying who our clients are over time. Um, I would tell you that when I first started working with individuals, my I was very bold, and my my statement was anybody and everybody needs to do this. And what I tell people now is, if their mindset isn't there, I, I can literally, just like I told you earlier, we could probably give them a brick of gold um, wrapped in a piece of paper that says opportunity or, or learning or education, and they would shy away and go the other way, wouldn't even look at what's inside because it's, you know, they don't want to learn. They just want somebody to do it for themselves. So um, one of the things that I would say that we've been able to overcome is, is this notion that people just want it done for them what we tell them is if, if that's it, or you're just shopping price, or you're just looking for the cheapest, we're we're not it. We're not it because we're so strategic and we're so we, we bring the best of the best to the table. So it really, their mindset has to be there. Um, I literally told a client just before, before the holidays, uh, one of our esteemed clients who had seen huge value out of working with us, especially on the tech side, just really bringing together the team. To help with tax optimization, Um, he had referred somebody our way and and the gentleman said, well, I don't think I make enough money. He was was close to a million dollars in revenue. And so because of that decision, he's literally counting pennies and leaving dollars on the table legitimately when it comes to truly, truly optimize your bottom line. So I would say um, not so much a problem for for us, because we've we've we're very clear upfront front with our clients, we do not take clients on unless, unless they're willing and able and you're in a position where they want to understand what's happening and they're willing to collaborate, because if not, we can't just assume responsibility for something that they may or may not want to do. Um, but that's typically, I would say a problem in the industry, people just want it done for them. And then when things don't go the way that maybe they thought they sh- they would, it's easy to blame somebody else.
0: Yeah. 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 I definitely think that you need to have, have the buy-in from the, from the, from the client, but also have them be part of the decision-making, um, because, because if not, and, and again, yes, you know, I, I there's always plenty of blame to, to spread around to everybody, good and bad. Um, but I think it's important that, that you know, you have the buy in and, and they're part of the, the decision process. That's for sure. Um, we've covered a lot of stuff in a short period of time. What have I not asked you that you wish I had?
1: Uh, I, I don't know that there is a specific question that, that you didn't ask, I guess. Um, one of the one of the the questions that i oftentimes get is um when i talk about the financial team oftentimes people will be like well what do you mean by financial team and how should they be talking together um those are those are things that i know i know we both kind of stand for very strongly um and and i'll use that as as the typical question that i get that it didn't get here um to let our listeners know that if you have a financial team, make sure that they're talking and make sure that they're talking about what's best for your bottom line. How do you know that they are or aren't, or that is happening or not? You will know. And if you have the ABGBs at all, that that may not be happening. Get some help. Get somebody talk to someone. They may be the right people on the bus. They may not. Um, if you don't have a financial team, absolutely make sure that regardless of where you are, even if you're earning hundred thousand um, dollars or maybe even less, there are chances are, if you don't have someone looking at your taxes for you, if you don't have someone helping you with that tax planning, someone helping you with what's happening with your money, someone helping you with Hey, should you be thinking about, you know, what what's going to happen if the worst is going to happen, because none of us are getting out of here alive? How's your fa- family going to be left behind? It really there are, those are those are table stakes, items that everybody or no one really can afford to not have them looked at and of course the individuals that have a ton of money are have more propensity to have some of these at least some of those components in place it's important that you have them all in place and they're all collaborating with each other because otherwise you're probably leaving money or bleeding money somewhere
0: right i to- totally agree with you um, so, if the audience likes, you know, what they've heard, they want to learn more about you, they want to talk to you. How can they? How can they find out more about you and, and reach out to you?
1: Absolutely, I'm sure you're probably going to share our social media handles on. Uh, in the description, so social media is a is a great way. Certainly, reach out to us, DM us, uh, or you can uh, use our website. There's quite a bit of information in there as well. It's ever evolving. What we're finding is not many people are looking at websites, but it has to be there, right? right. Uh, it's the it's www.empoweredfinancialplanner.com, and if you're looking for a quick, easy read on the five pitfalls that everyone should avoid, especially individuals that really have a lot to lose when it comes to their bottom line. Um, you can go to empoweredfinancialplanner.com forward slash pitfalls. It's a quick, easy read. Um, five, five. It's a short five checklist that um, has been an eye-opener for a lot of individuals.
0: Great. Nisi, we really appreciate your time today and your wisdom. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Gary. Looking forward to connecting soon.
0: Great. So today, again, our guest was Eunice Perret, who's the founder and CEO of Empowered Financial Planners. See you again next week. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start
1: funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC.